Hey y'all, it's Sabrina and Angie, and welcome to our very first episode of the Academy Podcast. Thank you for coming to our Tech Talk. That is very 2012. Anyway, today we will be talking to an Academy alum, Sean Grandello, who is currently playing Curly in the national tour of Oklahoma. He was a student here from 2008 to 2010, and some of his most notable credits are in the 2015 Broadway revival of Spring Awakening and the MTV Scream series. He'll be joining us on Zoom from LA, California. Hi, Sean, and welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I always love connecting with the Academy again. Special place. Alrighty, that is all we have for our intro, so why don't we get started with some questions? First question that we have for you is, what was your favorite show that you did here at the Academy and why? My favorite show that I did at the Academy, strangely, or maybe not strangely, I think Macbeth was my favorite show that I did at the Academy. I just remember really feeling the world of the play being alive and it was the big Shakespeare piece for the first time in my life. I played Macduff in the play, so... However familiar you are with it, I got to do some pretty crazy stuff there at the end. And the way we staged it, I I remember feeling like this is a crazy thing to get to do in high school with prosthetics and blood and weaponry. And and yeah, it just felt like a real culmination of the acting training there to be taking on Macbeth and feel like we were succeeding at it. All righty. That was a very interesting answer. And we've heard a few fun stories about Macbeth. I'm sure. The head in the office, staring right at it right now. So my questions are a little dumber, but they're like super fun. I got all of them off of TikTok. First question, how do you feel about sharks? Sharks. Sharks. I like sharks. (laughs) Okay. I really don't know what else to say to that. Any reason why you like sharks? Yeah, why do you like sharks, Sean? I just think they're a powerful creature and they're so different than we are that it's like amazing how varied life on this planet can be. (laughs) Okay. Very logical answer. I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a very left-brained answer (laughs) to a right-brained question. I'm doing my best here. The TikTok stuff is scary to me. I've started to feel old. Don't worry. You're metaphorically sitting at a table with someone who has never opened TikTok in her life. Wow. That's like a point of pride. You should stick with that if you can. I bet your brain is in better shape than mine is. That's what I send her TikToks on Snapchat that I think that she would like. It's all these ways now. Alrighty, moving on to our next question, and possibly branching off of Macbeth, what is one funny mishap from your time at Academy? So many come to mind, but I think one that I was thinking about as I was getting ready to talk to you guys was, I believe it was my junior year, each junior class at the time, the morning and afternoon classes were, I'm not sure if we even, if you do it exactly the same way, but We each had a play in the second semester that we were sort of developing. There was no script, and ours was a version of Alice in Wonderland. And we just weren't ready to go, and it was opening night. And so nearly all of us in the morning class just found a way to not go back to our home school for the afternoon. And we stayed, and we figured out the show the night of the opening. And it was wacky and fun, but we did it. And I just remember feeling like, wow, this is a type of camaraderie and friendship that I wasn't sort of having as much at my home school. And here we were juniors at the very early years of the Academy and we were putting something together. It really felt just like theater in its purest form. And it was such a fun, crazy way. And we got to skip school today. So 
I'll go with that. That is such a high school and theater kid answer right there. You know, we got to skip school, but it's also the fun family bit. Look at that. I'm doing good. So the next question that I have for you is a bit of a long one. You could take time to think about it if you need to. So if you were to have one chance to do anything in the world for free with no repercussions or consequences, what is that one thing and why? Wow. That is a big question. And it's interesting, no repercussions or consequences, because that kind of takes my mind instantly to to different places. I mean, I want to go skydiving, but I think part of the skydiving is the thrill of like that risk and stuff. And I think if I got to do anything, I probably wouldn't. Maybe just like a luxurious six-month travel around the world that I somehow didn't have to pay for, you know what I mean? Getting to experience a bunch of places with no worry about the cost or what I'm missing while I'm doing it. Or I, I would definitely say that, especially after COVID, like when we couldn't move around at all and, you know, there was no work to even fund potential travels. I, I've really started to feel lucky for any of the traveling I've gotten to do and so I would say that. I know that's maybe more than one thing, but I would charter a yacht and go around the world. I love it. That sounds like an awesome vacation. And honestly, I would do that. Like, I feel like I would I would stop in Australia first and like go pet a kangaroo or something. Apparently you can eat kangaroos. I know that's a little weird, but I, I think that's like not even not even that outside the box there, which is a little weird to me. I'm not sure I want to eat a kangaroo. No! They're the little hoppy puppies. Jumping puppies. That's all they are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw it back to Sabrina because I'm sad now. Sorry to make you sad, dear. Okay, um, this one hopefully won't get you in too much trouble because Ben, I believe, is the only original teacher still here. But who was your favorite teacher at Academy when you were here and why? I feel like it has to be Tom. Tom was just sort of this like figure out of a storybook wizard man who at the same time spoke to us like adults and equals, which I, I always describe going to the Academy to people as like going to college, just in the sense that it expanded my social circle to so many different people from different schools around the area, but also just different types of people. And also like the way the classes were structured reflects a college curriculum a lot more than I had, you know, been accustomed to just at public school in Aurora. And Tom just sort of like had this crazy idea and opportunity and, and he grabbed it and I think was outside of his comfort zone and look what he was able to do. And I sort of look at that as a life lesson of take the opportunities that come to you, even if they may not feel like perfect fits or they might be overwhelming because a team of great people come in. You have Ben, you have Dustin, you have all these people who I also got to meet and who found themselves in this program that I'm telling you guys, like at the beginning, it literally didn't exist. And we came to this thing and we sort of forged it out of zaniness and out of love for theater. And Tom's belief, I think that like, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids could handle learning about acting and theater this way, exactly like we did in college. And so I would have to say Tom as our sort of grandfather of the whole kit and caboodle. He so is a grandfather. Love Mitchell, too. I mean, you got to love them all, you know? Yeah. I totally agree with, like, the description of Tom. That's a perfect tribute to him because last year was his last year here. 
I definitely oh. agree with that. He definitely did, like, teach us a lot, not just about theater, but about, like, the world in general. Like, he always had a story for every situation, every problem he always had an answer to, and he was always kind of there to be that grandfather figure and, like, help us through the world when, you know, we're 15, 16, 17-year-olds who really have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and again, it's it's cool to be spoken to, like— an adult because then you start to think of yourself as an adult and that's like that's what great teachers do I think (laughs) okay so this one is going to be probably my last like super goofy one um I got this off of an interview tiktok uh if you could change 100% of the world's grass to something what would it be (laughs) these are crazy questions let's see We'd still want it to be something useful and hopefully some sort of, like, plant. I think we're relying on them for our oxygen and what my limited understanding of biology and those things. (laughs) Let's see, but maybe something fun. I mean, maybe a little bit of a basic answer, but, like, flowers, like tulips or something. It would just be pretty everywhere. That would be that would be really nice, honestly. Perhaps again, too much logic to a silly question. I mean, I could say like macaroni and cheese or something. That would I, also be great. Yeah, Kidding I do me? love macaroni and cheese. Yeah, so maybe half and half. Oh my god! Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Um, like the flowers, but like, like you said, tulips. Like, imagine like. The grass, instead of it being grass, it's tulips with mac and cheese inside. And every tulip color is like a different mac and cheese. Come on. I think we should honestly look into this. They can do anything now. Patent pending. Scientists of the world. Um, I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening, man. Alrighty. Our next question for you. What is your favorite Academy memory? Now, this can be anything from another crazy mishap that happened, a favorite show, just anything that falls under the something you love and never forget. You know, it, it's not something I've thought about a ton recently, but I do remember, like, again, it's cool talking to you guys and even just sort of making little observations and assumptions about, like, how it is there now. I haven't been back physically in a couple of years, but I remember walking into our black box space when it had simply been sort of the thrust stage, the shell of the stage area. And for the first time when we had the the seats built and all those sections built and all the different ways you could enter the stage, and I'm not even sure which production it would have been before or when exactly that happened, that first transformation of that room. But I mean, that was like a little side cafeteria room. I remember even when I auditioned there, it was not a theater. And just to see, it really made us feel, again, like this was a legitimate place that was being sort of built for us and around us. And I remember walking in and being like, wow, this is one of the coolest theater spaces that I had seen at that point. And that I get to take class in and play in and do things in. And it was just, it was one of those moments of like, wow, thank goodness this program exists. Thank goodness I decided to like go for it and try to, you know, I was not a theater kid when I auditioned for the Academy. I was like in emo bands and stuff and was just looking for another performance outlet. And I found this place that truly changed the trajectory of my entire life. And that was a real like physical example of it walking in and the paint had been done. The seats were up. It was really a cool, it was a really cool moment. 
You said that you originally weren't quite sure about wanting to go here. Can you elaborate more on that, about how you came in not really wanting to be, I guess, performer per se? Yeah, I mean, it was more sort of a, that I think a lot of people who I was in high school with went through this. It's that you're not a freshman anymore. You are trying to figure out your place in the universe socially and with your hobbies and extracurriculars. And the idea of college is starting to loom your sophomore year. And you're really still a kid. And I played in like bands around the area and a couple of them like we won a battle of the bands at the House of Blues. We like had a, a little buzz going. And so in my mind, I just wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to finish high school and get in a van and tour around the country doing that, which, you know, I'm lucky enough to have had very supportive parents who even with that were like trying to be supportive while being afraid for their son and his future. But my band broke up. It was a big drama in 15-year-old Sean's life. Uh, one of our one of our guitar players moved to private school. It was literally almost like a TV show story. And so I was sitting there and I didn't love my traditional classes. I wasn't like a super academic because that just wasn't where my interests were. And I remember the Excel tech uh, programs going around just to all the sophomores. And I was surprised and excited by this new acting program amidst all the other sort of vocational technical programs they had. It seemed like a, you know, it's crazy. I can't even remember how it found me. And I'm so proud of like 15 year old me for being brave and taking that chance. I think about all the things that scare me now and all the chances that I, I don't go after now for various fears or reasons, but something there just instinctually was like, I should learn a Romeo and Juliet monologue. I should go sing Aladdin and, and see what they <laughs> see what this is all about. And was so nervous and did an audition that was like, you know, I was a novice. I hadn't been in a, in a play or anything. My performance had been the bands, but Tom, again, like he saw whatever my organic interest to be there was, whatever potential he saw, I am, truly indebted to him for my entire life and professional identity and everything that has happened since then. So it was a crazy sort of turn of fate. And again, like trusting, trusting your gut, you know, even when I was 15 years old, I'm very, very, that's something I'm very unequivocally proud of. I can be a little bashful about things, but I'm proud the 15 year old emo kid was like, I'm going to go try out for the theater program. That is actually like really amazing that, and you know, I know I don't know you, but I'm like super proud of you for taking that risk and joining the Academy, even though you had no prior experience and you had no idea what you were getting into. That is a huge leap. And I think to any freshmen or sophomores or anyone like siblings who are considering coming to Academy, I think that that is a really inspirational story for them to hear. And, you know, it might calm some of their fears about auditioning. I also auditioned for the Romeo and Juliet monologue. Look at that. <laughs> I did not know that I had to have a monologue. So <laughs> that was the only thing I knew. <laughs> Things are crazy with all that stuff. But look, see, you took that risk too. And like sometimes there's discomfort and like embarrassment. But learning that like that isn't a feeling to necessarily 
live your life trying to avoid and just understanding, oh, sometimes I'm going to be a little embarrassed. Sometimes it's going to be a little cringe at myself. But like the more you do that, the more you survive those moments and you realize, okay, well, who cares about that? And I think that's also just a great life lesson in general that it really is such an incredible big step to take that chance and try to take that leap and that so much good can come from trying to do that. It's definitely scary, but you know, like you said, it's not something to be afraid of. I cried for two hours after my audition and I had a Zoom audition, but you know, I still got the email saying that I was accepted and you know, I thought my audition was horrible. I have thought that many times. And it is that thing, too. You start to learn, like, wow, the way I feel about something I'm doing or even my best ob- attempts to objectively assess was that good or not is not ultimately what this craft is even about. We just do our best and we do it for who's receiving it, whether that's an audition for people that you're hoping to get in a program or a show, or even when I go out like doing Oklahoma right now, like there are shows where I feel really disconnected or off. And then some people think it's a great show. And there are shows where I feel really awesome about it. And then sometimes it's like, even other people in the cast didn't feel that way. And it's, It's a really interesting thing, and I think you get to, over time, start to break down. You know, you're doing it for yourself in one sense, but you're not just doing it to feel like you're awesome all the time. You're you're doing a job, and it's really, it's beautiful to see that. I hadn't done theater in a while prior to Oklahoma, but going out and doing this show for a year in all these different cities, and this is a weird version of Oklahoma, and having like... A variety of responses, good, bad, walking out, lots of things, um, has been very challenging, first of all, and also like such an awesome, again, growth experience where if I had known maybe the like the pain levels, the scary levels, the hard levels before doing this, I don't know that I would have said yes. And I'm so happy that I'm having this experience because now I'm proud to have done it. I'm proud to have been strong enough to do it and face some fears that I didn't even know I would be facing. And life seems to really be a lot about that and just kind of breaking your patterns where you can and where you feel like you can maybe expand your sense of self and like everything good that has ever happened to me seems to have come from some moment where I was unsure and decided to go for something including and all the way back to the Academy. I don't think I could have said it better than that right there. <laughs> um, you kind of you kind of said everything that was on my mind. Like you were talking, I'm like, oh, said that. Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you guys are there and getting to do this stuff. I mean, truly, like just soak it in. It's such an incredible time. And yeah, for this time in your life to be validated and met with this type of education is really a blessing. And that has just become more clear as I've lived more life, as I've met more people who either had luckily enough similar experiences or didn't have that. It It's going to set you up for, you know, in the theater and out of it, just you're getting a type of input a few years early and that's, you know, you're ahead then forever from that. It's really an awesome thing. Absolutely. Yeah going along with like your experience I totally flipped the question I was gonna ask you but like going along with like the early experience and then what you're doing in Oklahoma right now and like just pretty much everything 
with that experience and like all your mentors and everything, I want to know what's something that someone said to you uh, that has stuck with you even up until this day. I'm just like super curious to know because I've only been here for a year and there's already things that the teachers have said that have stuck with me. I mean, it's interesting to think about sort of the early acting classes. Like when I tell you I didn't know what an acting class was literally going to involve, I didn't understand like what acting was or or sort of how you could be taught to act. And I just remember Tom, you know, breaking down this Stanislavski stuff in a way that like, Again, that could have been totally inaccessible to 15, 16-year-old me in particular. Um, But just telling the truth and being truthful and knowing that that is enough is profound. And I think we discover every day how hard that can be to do in theater or in life and how much the answers to almost all of our issues, all of our wants, all of our struggles are really somewhere in the truth of who we are and what we're doing. And so I think just telling, tell the truth, you know, and I continue to work on living that and being that, and, you know, we're all human beings. There's always going to be times we don't live up to that, but it's kind of amazing that it's all in there. Tell yourself the truth, tell the people around you the truth and try to live from that place. Otherwise, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. And I have driven myself crazy. But going off of that, do you have any (laughs) life memories that something didn't necessarily go right, but you learned a lot from that mistake or from that not necessarily positive experience? Definitely. I mean, and again, they all sort of, they all come back to the, the less specific sounding like, tell the truth, live in your truth, don't try to even when it seems like it's the right thing to do to deceive yourself or this or that now. But I would say like, I've had jobs that I got, that I got there and they weren't what I thought they would be. And learning that even if they're not what you think they will be, what they are has some pretty big things to teach you. I've had jobs that I didn't get that, you know, I've spent the time thinking, well, if this had happened, if this had happened, but you can't possibly go there because again, that isn't your truth. Then you're in fantasy land. So, and I've had, you know, personal ups and downs that have been humbling and ultimately in some of the harder times in my life, I have been saved and cared for by the people who I have developed truthful, loving friendships and relationships with. And I see reflected in that the best potential of who I can be and what I can be and what I have managed to be to people. And that is what matters the most. And we should all go for the things we want. We should all work hard. I mean, you got to fill your life with things that you're passionate about, but we're all going to have great days and hard days ahead. And just being sure to be good to the people around you who love you and who you love because you're going to need them and they're going to need you. And it's beautiful. It's, it's like the embarrassing things. Each hard thing you go through and survive with the good people around you, you realize like our capacity to get through things is bigger than we think it is. And it's made me less afraid of being alive. Wow, that is 
incredible advice right there. That really is Sorry amazing. Sorry to get all yeah. deep on you. Oh, you're fine. That's literally what this podcast is for, is to kind of show everybody, like, the deep parts of theater and how, like, you know, it can get to that point and it can really have an effect on a person. That's kind of what we're here for today. Well, good. Although if we want to pick it up with a lighter question, I think Ben wanted to ask if there was something you remembered. <gasps> okay. Ben. Oh, we're passing oh, you're taking him a mic. My mic? <laughs> I was told to ask from an alum about squishy hands. Oh, God, yes. Squishy hands! <laughs> we would very much like to know the story if you could tell us. Yeah, squishy hands is, like, still something that is in my life. It's just a weird tick that I've had since, like, first, second grade where I kind of, like, a friend, I'll just like take their hand and sort of squish their hand and I like get a little underbite when I do it. Again, I'm a strange person. I'm a theater person. None of this is normal, but it, it's like some of my friends, even through college, were, were so used to this habit of mine that having a conversation about something completely unrelated and they'd sort of just pro-offer their hand and I would just squeeze it. And you know, it's not like, but it's just like a little comfort blanket thing with, with my buddies and my family. And and yeah, I do it way less as a 30-year-old man, thankfully, but I do have my close circle of friends who I still do squishy hands with. Squishy hands. Wait, what was the um, the chocolate chip cookie dance? What's the chocolate chip cookie dance? Should I tell it or should you tell it? I think Angie should tell it because she taught it to me. Okay. So, so during the production of Eurydice, that was my first assistant stage managing and like first ever tech anything that I've ever done. And Ben had me stand in front of a green screen for like 45 minutes. And uh, I was with my other ASM, like we were trying to focus the cameras and everything. And I got bored. And like, I think it was like an hour earlier or something, we were on break and I saw a TikTok of this little chocolate chip cookie man making chocolate chip cookies and singing a song. So I made a dance and I sang the song for a straight like 15 minutes and everybody loved it. And I would have people come up to me for the next week just being like, what's this chocolate chip cookie thing that you made? So now whenever me and Sabrina are excited or happy about something, we'll do the chocolate chip cookie dance. Yeah. See, look at that. That's your squishy (laughs) hands right there. Everyone has their little moment. Absolutely. And thanks for sharing that, too. You've joined me in the, like, silly stories. Don't worry. We're the tech kids, so we're just kind of known for all the weird happenings. Like, every time we pass the art room at Shgrin, at this point, they just expect to see something weird because we spent all of last year walking past with all the random items we need for tech. I do have to say the stage managers I've worked with are amazing, and we had a stage manager turnover on this tour, and to lose it, that integral part of the thing. It just, stage managers are my heroes and I love them. And it's one authority figure in my life. I've always been able to actually respond really well to that authority and sort of respect because it is lunacy if you don't have that point person. So that's very cool, y'all, some of that. You're talking to the right crowd here. Both Angie and I have been ASMs and stage managers before. I have a question. What is the most terrifying encounter you've had with a stage manager? Probably during Spring Awakening. Our stage manager, his name was TJ. He was this sweet and very tough, tiny little guy. And I was, you know, 22 and silly. And with 20 of my friends, some deaf and hard of hearing, some, you know, 
crazy musicians. And so the way we would communicate was loud and over the top and literally in two languages at the same time. And I just remember him finally having to like stomp the foot, quiet us down at a tech rehearsal. And it was terrifying that this sweet, again, small little guy could instantly get our attention that way. And I was like, okay, this is professional time. And yeah, I just remember feeling like a little school kid again. And it was a a good reminder of, hey, we need to stay in order here or this is never going to get done. The short ones are terrifying, man. All righty, Sean. We have loved getting to talk to you, but we are running out of time. So we have just one last question that we wanted to ask. And that is, what is one thing that you want to say to current and future academy students? I would say that don't underestimate how applicable all the things you're going through and learning right now, both in the professional theater sense and the personal sense, will be the journeys and lessons that you are interacting with for the next, you know, it's been 10, 11 years since I was there. And don't underestimate too how fast time does start to go. You know, it feels like it's going to be forever. And I think 29, 30 is this really interesting age where I still feel like my 22-year-old self, but I've lived enough time as a young adult to even sort of synthesize the memories that you all are making right now and just really try to be good to yourself and be true to yourself. And the people around you who celebrate that are truly miracles and keep them around because at the end of the day in all the places I've been, that's the thing that's been true everywhere. And, and it's wonderful because it's simpler than we think life is. It's really pretty simple. That is amazing. I, I think that that is something that the current and upcoming Academy people should hear. A lot of things that you've said today is going to impact them a lot and give them a lot more confidence and kind of calm them down from their fears. But like, I think that one is the one that is what a lot of us need to hear. And I think both Angie and I can agree on the fact that we are very excited to be able to share all of your wise words with other people. And on top of those wise words, we also have a little moment right here if you want to make any shameless self-plug you want. So if you want to talk about a show you're working on, if you've got something you're trying to sell, now's the time to say it. It's definitely still a weak point of mine, the self-promo. And also I think like learning how to do that in a way that feels healthy and true is a big lesson I think that goes along with all this stuff because it is important. Um, I'm playing Curly for another five weeks in Los Angeles and uh, Tempe, Arizona. So if you happen to be out that way, come check out a really weird Oklahoma. And then other than that, I think it's like back to the grind and I I want to write some more music, so I I really like making music. It's definitely a hobby of mine more than, like, the profession I'm going for. But if I have a chance to plug that shamelessly, I will plug that. And hoping to start a band with my brother and maybe get back to some of my roots in that sense. And, you know, always auditioning. It's It's a fun life in the sense that I didn't know I'd be playing Curly 250 times a year ago and that's what I've done so we'll see what the next year brings very happy to to be here got it thank you 
It was really nice to like just meet you and talk to you and get to connect with you a little bit. And I think that this is going to be very beneficial for all the up and coming actors and techies. Hey, come join Tech Track. But yeah, no, me and Sabrina just really enjoyed talking to you. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you. And yeah, hopefully we will get to talk to you again soon or see you around the academy or something. Likewise, I really enjoyed getting to do this and it, the place means the world to me and you all are in very good hands with Ben and thanks for wanting to talk to me. Appreciate it. Thank you again for giving us the time out of your day for this conversation and we hope you have a great rest of your week. Well, that is about all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening and thank you, Sean, for coming on and talking with us. We really enjoyed having you. And don't forget to get your tickets for the Wild Party. Tickets will go on sale early October, so keep an eye out for that. And be sure to watch our next episode where we'll be interviewing some of the stars in the upcoming production of Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party. Thank Thank you you for coming to our Tech Talk. Bye. Bye!